Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have a ton to get to in Colossians 3.12 again today. So I'm actually going to jump right in as we hear Paul's next virtue for us to consider. Colossians 3.12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Speaking about the transition that Paul makes from kindness to humility, scholar N.T. Wright says this, If kindness is a Christ-like attitude toward others, humility is the Christ-like attitude towards oneself. Paul is transitioning from our disposition or view of others, which he talked about in having compassion toward others and their sorrows and needs, focusing on being a benefit or blessing to others in kindness. And now he speaks about what that internal disposition must be in order to live out these others. Or as N.T. Wright says, if compassion and kindness are put on as our attitudes toward others, what then is our attitude toward ourselves? Paul says it's one of humility. Now, when we think about humility, I think sometimes we immediately have a misconception around what it is because we often think humility is people who think lowly of themselves. They think they're no good at anything. They have a really low view of their gifts or skills or talents. Like to be humble means that we only recognize that we're a sinful wreck of a human being and we're not worthy of anything. We usually equate humility with thinking really low of ourselves. But I'm not sure that's the best way to think about humility at all. In fact, C.S. Lewis wrote about this in his wonderful book, Mere Christianity. And honestly, it's simply the best way to talk about it. So instead of trying to rephrase it, I'm going to just quote him. It's a little long, so if you're listening to this and you're doing something else, tune in and for a second, just catch what he's saying here. Here's Lewis. Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man, he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seemed a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. For he will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. Okay, so do you catch what he's saying there? He says, if you meet a truly humble person... It won't be somebody who is always talking about how bad they are. Tim Keller says that a humble person would not be always telling us that they're a nobody because a person who keeps saying they are a nobody 
is actually a self-obsessed person. You see, we think that an insecure person or a person who thinks very little of themselves is humble, but that's not true. Insecurity or low self-esteem is just another form of pride. Pride is thinking first of yourself. It's a self-focus. And that can manifest in arrogance, where you think very highly of yourself, but you're still self-focused. Or that can manifest in insecurity, where you think very low of yourself, but you're still self-focused. But rather, Lewis says, the way to tell if you've met a truly humble person is not on how they think of themselves or focus on themselves at all, but how they focus on you. You know a humble person because they seem genuinely interested in you. They cared more about you. It's not their concern with themselves that makes them humble. It's that they aren't thinking of themselves at all. And I love that he says the only reason you may dislike this person is because you are envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. Humility is not looking down on yourself constantly. It's not thinking of yourself constantly. Just consider this. How often do you think of yourself? How you are dressed? How you look? In a conversation where you think less about the other person and more about how they are viewing you, how you are coming across. In a meeting, are you concerned how things affect you? What these things mean for you? How a situation changes your circumstances? We are consumed with thoughts of ourselves. And Paul is encouraging us to not have an attitude consumed with ourselves at all, but to be consumed with others. That is what it means to put on humility. So what does that actually look like? Well, let me go back to Keller one more time. Here's what he says. This is another kind of lengthy quote, so tune in. Gospel humility is not needing to think about myself, not needing to connect things with myself. It is an end to thoughts such as, I'm in this room with these people. Does that make me look good? Do I want to be here? True gospel humility means I stop connecting every experience, every conversation with myself. In fact, I stop thinking about myself. It is the freedom of self-forgetfulness, the blessed rest that only self-forgetfulness brings. True humility is the freedom of self-forgetfulness. I mean, can you imagine being in a conversation and literally not thinking about yourself? Can you imagine sitting in a room and not considering how you appear or what other people are thinking about you? Can you imagine the freedom of genuinely just being concerned about others and not yourself at all? Keller calls it a blessed rest. True freedom is found in the self-forgetfulness of humility. And that only truly comes when we see that in Christ. All these virtues are putting on the traits of Christ. And Christ is the pinnacle model of humility. In Philippians 2, it says that he didn't strive for position or power, but in humility, he lowered himself for the good of others. And Paul encourages that we too should not be concerned about ourselves, but be concerned about the good of others. 
So with all that being said, here's my final challenge for you to begin fighting that self-focused pride and growing in humility. I should say this is all going to be on top of what I've said the last couple weeks about staring at Christ and modeling yourself after him. That is the exact same thing Paul says in Philippians 2 that he has taught us so far in Colossians. But on top of that, Lewis goes on in his work on humility to say the first step in being humble is confessing your pride. In fact, he says, if you do not think you are conceited, you are very conceited indeed. Now, that might be harsh, but definitely it's true. So I want to encourage you to consider today, which side of the spectrum do you lean toward in pride? Do you tend toward arrogance and thinking very high of yourself? Or do you tend toward insecurity and thinking very low of yourself? For most of us, we bounce in between, but we oftentimes have one of those that we tend to most often. So consider, even maybe just today, which way you lean so that you can become aware of it, and then we can start confessing it. Confess it to the Lord, and again, I would encourage you to confess it to someone else and allow them the freedom that when they see it, they can call it out in you, which may be hard, but it's the only way that we can keep confessing and keep killing the sin of pride. So as a people, as we stare at our humble Christ, and as we confess and repent the sin of pride, then we have a chance to grow in the freedom of humility. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.